from Percy. That means it's podcast night. We got a great night. We got a very special guest, good friend, and a very talented musician, Jim Davis. And we are doing top five bass players. Jim is a fantastic bass player. He's played in multiple bands. And we are very excited for this one. This has been a tough list. There's so many great bass players out there. Um, so everybody, I think, has done their homework. Uh, we're we're going to about to get into it. Before we do, just want to thank Jim for being here. My uh, pleasure. Yeah. Uh, our, our good buddy and podcast alumni, Chuck Ellis, has stopped by. He's going to chime in on some things. Chuck, we're always happy to see you. Yeah. Thanks for being here. Uh, we did get some interesting stats I wanted to share with you this week. We just got ranked in the top 10% of podcasts worldwide. Um, now, there's a lot of podcasts, but um, top 10% is better than the last 10%. So we're proud of that. I uh, want to thank all our listeners. Um, y'all made that happen for us, and we appreciate it. I also want to mention that we lost a great one today, and uh, Christine McVie, Fleetwood Mac, died. Wow. Yeah, that's uh, a tragic. What a she was the songbird. No yeah, no doubt. So, Jim, you've been around. You're still playing. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about. Um, you know, I'm old now, and uh, so I guess I started playing bass guitar when I was about 14 years old, and um, someone left a bass guitar at my house, and I picked it up, and uh, it seemed like I could play it right away, and. Um, just fell in love with music and I don't know why. I think it's a common thing with a lot of musicians uh, and just people. I just developed this voracious appetite for uh, for music. And I would sit in my sister's bedroom and play all these 45, I'd just play along with them, you know, and it was like, sometimes I'd think, man, I can, I can actually play that. Yeah, <laughs> you can do it. And it was cool, you know, and you were like, wow, I can actually do it. and. Uh, just never really stopped. I, yeah. I, I don't want to stop doing it. It's fun. Now you played in bands in Texas. Yeah. You played in bands here. You yeah. literally said you've played in hundreds of bands. No, uh, uh, if you want to call them that, I guess. Yeah. It's like garage bands, but really only, you know, three or four, for real bands that were, that were, that were actually making money. Yeah. You know, house bands. Them. Yeah. Well, I, I did two, probably for three years. That's what I did for a living, three or four years. You know, I. Uh, um, we <laughs> we played bars uh, all the time. Just you know, we were ha we were a house band at one bar for almost a year, and then again later uh, for an another probably year long, five six nights a week. You know, it was like wow. I think we at one time we probably had I, I know we had 130 or 40 songs on a, our repertoire there. That was and that's a lot. And, you that's know, when a, somebody yeah. goes, hey, let's do this song. Well, we had done that and. Who knows how long, you know, and it's it's, it's kind of tough. But well, we were talking earlier before we um, when we got here during cocktail hour about all the local talent that oh my we gosh, have yes. and where we're located in the country, how it has spawned so much music talent, and you're one of them. Well, thank and you. And when we thought about doing bass players, I was excited because my ear has always been tuned to the rhythm section. Yeah, and I was like Jim Davis. Thank that was you. a no brainer. And we've got some other locals. Want oh, to shout sure. out to Smitty. Yeah, Jimmy yeah. Rowell. I mean, Jimmy Rowell. Yeah, Keith Southern, a good friend. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he Hash plays Brown. with Hash Brown. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, Hash Brown. Wow. Yeah, that's a great name. <laughs> that's cool, so, yeah. 
we got a lot of talent around here, but uh, you were the first to pop in my well, head, you. and I'm so glad uh, that you're on here doing this with us. Oh, there you go. Yeah. So, want to mention our sponsors real quick. Smokehouse Crackers, Robert and Lynn, been so kind to us. Busted Oak Bourbon Society, Doug and Wendy, been so great to us. And we have made the switch. We officially, we had a poll. We made the switch from Svedka to Redmont and Sir Charles you win and um yeah, yeah. i'm not going to say war eagle but <laughs> i knew chuck and, and percy would say it so anyway love charles barkley he's got some great vodka so everyone's comfortable yeah we're good to go percy you got anything you want to add can't leave out anchor anchor yeah. one of our major sponsors anchor is too. a major sponsor and again we'll be on spotify amazon apple anchor iHeartRadio, anchor and Podvine and Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. So uh, this thing has uh, really been a lot of fun, and we appreciate everybody that listens. So, are we ready to get started? Ready. Ready to roll into this? All right. We're going to start with our honorable mentions and uh, turn it over to Mr. Sunshine over here. My first honorable mention is we talk about local, and this is really local, and I consider him one of the a very uh, versatile bass player, and it's David Hood. No wow. doubt. And, yeah. and the song that I, and it could, he's played on so many albums. I mean, he could do reggae, he could do country, he could do rock. But the song that I picked for him was I'll Take You There by the Staple Singers. Oh, yeah. And yep. it's just got that great bass riff in it. It does. Great song. Yeah, no doubt. Great choice. Yeah. And my now, second, you're not putting anybody from the Buckaroos on here, are you? Well, no, Buck Owens, <laughs> Buck Owens didn't like bass, so that kind of leaves okay. him out. All right. Just but want to make sure. This is not far removed from the tree for my second one. Oh, Lord. My second one is Marshall Grant, which was a member of the Tennessee Two, and he played bass for Johnny Cash. Wow. And the reason I do that is because they came up with their own sound, basically, and he played it. You cannot beat the sound of an upright bass. No, it's no, different. No. And uh, can you play upright, Jim? No, I mean I have played it, but no, I don't, I don't, I'm not very good at it. They came up with their own sound, what they called the uh, the train sound, mm. and it was it was just a great sound. And the song I picked was "I Walked the Line," and with his original backing band, there's only two. They had a guitar player and a bass player. They didn't even have a drummer. Wow. And my last honorable mention is Donald Duck Dunn. Yeah, also yeah. famous for the Blues Brothers. Yeah. And the Booker T and the AMGs. A whole bunch of them. And he yeah. played on so many records at Stax. And uh, he played with Albert, on Albert King. He played on Elvis Records, Bill Withers Records. And the song that I picked was Soul Man. Oh. And not the original but I picked the one from the Blues Brothers. Really? Yeah. Simply because on the live version, you can just hear that that driving bass. Oh, that's a really cool bass part. And, and it the, is. And the background, you could just hear that driving did bass. Did he play on Rubber Biscuit? He, he played all that album. All, all the Blues album. Brothers. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And that album, yeah. the first one, with uh, Soul Man on there, man. There's some really good, good stuff on there. And you can just hear that, that driving bass in that. And that's why I went with that one. And that's my last honorable mention. Wow. 
That's good. Very good. That's Chuck, you got anybody you want to throw out there? <clears throat> no, he's, he's hit them pretty good there. All right. Of course, our class of 83 guy that uh, Kurt wanted to bring the attention to. Yes, yeah. Keith Southern. And I, a little story about him was back uh, when we were seniors in high school, we were going to start a little band. And uh, we were going to sing Ozzy Osbourne Crazy Train. And Keith had a big part in that. And uh, I was going to sing it. Of course, Philip Wofford ended up singing it. I, rem I remember that. And yeah. it, was, it was good. Yeah. Uh, they did a good job. I forget what they called the band name. Of course, Hash Brown now. Keith was a heck of a... Hash Brown. Yeah. yeah. That's a great name. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. But they, did, they, they did some good stuff with... Uh, cool. Very cool. Jim Bob. Yeah. Uh, what you got, well, man? You now, know, Jim started with a list of about 100. I did. Uh, that's it. And the thing is, too, also, I, I want to say this. These... This list, any of these guys could be. I didn't put these guys in order of. Uh, there's no order to this because uh, I, I don't think you can say who the best bass player is. I just it's hard. Know. Yeah. I mean, it's impossible for me. And uh, so, none of these are like in any certain order. But uh, I do want to say that talking about David Hood. David Hood was on my list, and I and I left him off because uh, but that guy, man. Yeah. He, if you haven't been over to Muscle Shoals to the studios, we have. You should go check it out because, man, that's incredible. That's so much. We we uh, we actually did a podcast about, uh, and it was pretty much centered around uh, Percy and I did the tours up oh, there. Yeah. And it's if you're a, a music fan, when you yeah, walk yeah. in fame, it it's like being in church. Right. Yes. I mean, yeah. 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 And it's a, it's yes. a time capsule. It is. And the other studios the same way. Yes. Yeah. You know, you walk in there, it's just this little hole in the wall place. Oh, sound. And then there's a picture of Linda Ronstadt where she was standing recording songs. And there's a picture and of Skinner. Yeah, yeah. And, and, crazy. and a picture of the Swamp Mac Beach. Davis. Yeah. yeah. Mac Davis. <laughs> the tour guide that did the, our tour through there was incredible, man. He knew so much stuff about, yeah. about when they recorded this song. And mm -hmm. We're actually, uh, Amanda and I are talking about going back and, um, and doing that again. Because she has, oh, yeah, it's, it's, it's great. It's a good time. I did, but I know it's and, a long way. And stay way, at the Shoals Marriott. Yeah. Oh, wow. Bar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh -huh. Good yeah. time. The other thing I want to say before we go any further, too, is we talked about local talent. We, and I told you guys I wanted to put Lannis Morrison on here. Right. Because I think Lannis Morrison could easily be the number one dude on my list. Uh, he probably influenced me more than anyone else. When I was a kid, we, we would go and watch Lannis play. At prom, he was at the prom. I snuck in the Long Branch in Atala. I was 17, maybe, with a fake ID mm -hmm. to go see Warren play. Lannis is just an incredible. I'm, I mean, not just because he's a local guy; he's an incredible bass right. player. Oh yeah. His tone is something that I've tried and still try to emulate, and I, I've never gotten there. The guy, uh, if you listen to, and you can't put songs on there on the playlist because you, you can't access them but alleyway has this incredible syncopated offbeat bass part that's just and it, i mean a lot of his stuff does yeah i'm glad that uh, we've, oh, yeah. we've given him mention yeah. yeah i mean you know you ended up playing with michael mcdonald who's one of the f most famous musicians in the world yeah. truly yeah. rock and roll hall of fame I mean, he, right. yeah and, and lannis boaz guy stood on stage with the doobie brothers and Yep. All these crests. Really, really cool. Yeah, so. special. And when they came and played uh, this past summer uh, at the park, they were they were fantastic. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, mm -hmm. They were great. But so my first uh, honorable mention guy is Nathan Watts. And Nathan Watts is a longtime uh, bass player for Stevie Wonder. And uh, so 
Wow. For years, I mean, when I first started playing in the early 70s, uh, there was so much uh, diversity, I guess, in the music. You know, you might hear on the radio a Led Zeppelin song, and then the next song might be from the Spinners or somebody else. Absolutely. And that was so cool. Well, I don't think we'll ever see another time when radio does that. No, I don't. Unfortunately, we won't. But no. if you look at the 70s radio stations and what they played, I was living over in Georgia in the 70s, and 90, we could pick up 96 Rock out of Atlanta. Oh, yeah. And they'd go from this extreme to this extreme. It, it was just it was yeah. a, it was a I, good time for music. No doubt. I, I listened to WLS in Chicago on yeah, AM oh, yeah. radio. Yeah. You know, when I was like 12, 13, I'd sit up my mom's car and listen to these crazy, incredible, great songs. But so the song that I put on the list is uh, I Wish. I uh, wish that bass part is yeah. just so much fun. Yeah. It's just a really cool bass part. That's a good choice. Yeah. And uh, you could have put a hundred of them on there for this guy. The second one is Prince. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people don't realize that Prince did, he's just an incredible musician. Everything. He could play everything. everything. He could play everything and did on a lot of his albums. His albums that you hear on the radio. He's playing multiple instruments on those. Well, he'd go in the studio. He'd yeah. play the drums. He had he'd a play studio the lead, in the house. He'd play the rhythm. He'd play the bass. Yeah, um, yeah. he could do it all. Yeah, and he was an incredible bassist. Actually, he really was. And the song that I put on here is called "Diamonds and Pearls." Oh, nice! And uh, if you listen to the nice. bass part in "Diamonds and Pearls," I mean, my gosh, he chimes. It's just so so much cool stuff in there going on. And uh, the the third honorable mention is Michael Anthony. And I mean, you know, what can you say about that guy? He's a Van Halen from the start. And, legend. Yeah. You know, he's he's a legend. He yeah, had a yeah. Jack Daniels bass guitar. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Big old, he's a big dude, too. Yeah. yeah. Big old guy. It's about yeah. the same time Clint Compton had the uh, Budweiser putter. Yeah. <laughs> I was there when he bought it. <laughs> uh, but the, the song Budweiser putter. I put on there is Mean Streets. And I oh, put, I love that song. You can put a hundred songs on there, but the, this song is just, just driving. I mean, it's just... It's mean like, Street off oh, of man. Fair Warning yeah. album. And that Fair Warning album, the whole thing is maybe my favorite Van Halen. It's album. probably their, like, dirtiest. Yeah. I'm not talking language. No, 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 I'm no. just talking raw, about raw, gritty, rock, rock and roll, yeah, yeah. gritty rock. Yeah, Great selections, yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, good stuff. All right, well, we're down to uh, my honorable mentions. Okay, well, I'm going to start off with Paul Goddard no, well, at the Atlanta Rhythm Section. One of my yeah. favorites. Yes, I love the band. I've always loved them. Yeah. Um, just good stuff. And this guy was not nothing to look at, no. but boy, no. he could thump the bass. Yep. I saw him in Columbus. Yeah, they're fantastic. And the song I chose cool. was Champagne Jam. Oh, cool. Because yeah. he's got a bass solo oh, yeah. in there that... We'll knock your socks oh, off. Yeah. So, right. yeah. All right. So, my next honorable mention is John Entwistle. And I can't yeah. believe that's just an honorable mention. No, I know. I, from the Who. I know. He's and, on the top of the list for some people, I think. Mean, and sure. you could have picked Boris oh, yeah. the Spider or yeah. this or that, but I'm Real going mean. with uh, Won't Get Fooled Again. Okay. Because yeah. it's it's got some great bass lines in that, yeah, too. Um, all right. And my last honorable mention is Lemmy. Motorhead. Oh, wow. Cool. Yeah. Lemmy Comister. And he, what a guy. What a character. Yeah. And he didn't get enough credit for his bass playing. No. You know, it's just the raspy voice and his raw attitude. Yeah. 
Um, but my song I chose, of course, is Ace of Spades oh, yeah. by Motorhead. I knew a guy that lived out in Texas that was a drummer friend of mine who moved to California and became friends with Lemmy. Years later, when Facebook came around, I was on Facebook and I was commenting on this guy. Eddie Livingston was his name. Commenting on Eddie's uh, uh, whatever he put on Facebook. And Lemmy comes on there and starts coming. And I was, thinking, I was thinking, this is not really him. It was. It was really him. He was like, you know, we were having this conversation on Facebook. It was really cool. That's great. Yeah. Well, fantastic. I love Lemmy. Uh, actually, when I made uh, was making my list, I was playing it Sunday morning. And my lovely, beautiful wife that I love so much, Amanda, I was listening to this, and she said, is someone going to come to my house, our house, and paint a pentagram in the driveway? <laughs> That's good. So, yeah, it was good. But All right, we're at number five. It's round robin time. Number five. Persimus, what you got? My number five is Phil Lynott. Cool. Ben Lizzie. Yeah. Ben Lizzie. And I think he's one of the most underrated front men. Without a doubt, yeah. and and the song that I chose was "Dancing in the Moonlight." Oh, I love that song. Oh, wow, it's a fantastic song. I figured you'd say "Jailbreak." I probably would have said "Jailbreak." Yeah, but "Dancing in the Moonlight." What a cool baseline! Yeah, it's a great baseline. It really is. All right, that's a good choice for number five, Jim Bob. What you got for five? Uh, my number five, and, and probably his number one on a, a million bass players list, is James Jamerson, and uh, James Jamerson. I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he he played on. He was uh, he was a dude that played with uh, the, the the Funk Brothers. They call them the Motown house band. He played on every Motown, almost every Motown song that you ever heard, from the Temptations to whoever. And and most bass players uh, that really are into that kind of thing, they they this guy's considered one of the best ever. And uh, actually. There's a lot of James, I could put a me and James Jamerson songs on here because he did a whole bunch of stuff with uh, um, Marvin Gaye, which was oh, wow. be really incredible. Yeah. But I picked a Christmas song, actually, that was a Stevie Wonder Christmas song, and it's called What Christmas Means to Me. Oh, yeah, I know the song. And if you listen to the bass, just listen to the bass part of that song, and when it gets to the bridge in that song, man, that guy. Just really, really That's really interesting. Cool. Good. <laughs> well, it's the Christmas cool. season. Yeah, so yeah. It'll be good for the playlist. Yeah. Good choice. Good stuff. Thank you. Now, when you play, you're playing at Life Point yeah. uh, with Nick Longshores yeah. and the crew and uh, Caleb. And shout out to Caleb. He wanted yeah. to jump, uh, join in tonight, but he's a little under the weather. weather so um, we'll see him again another time. But yeah. y'all are a fabulous band. Well, thank you. But my question is a lot of bass players, they will play right up next to the drummer. Yeah. And that's the rhythm section. Yeah. That's the bottom. Yeah. That's the heart of the band. And I've always appreciated that part of yeah. of the music because it's kind of, it's the heartbeat. No doubt. Stuff. So you're playing near the drummer usually. Oh yeah, I, I saw a quote from David Hood. Actually, we were talking about David Hood. I saw a quote from him today. He said, "You can't overcome a as a bass player. You can't overcome a bad drummer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can't. Bet, that yeah. is true." Uh, they just are so complimentary to each other in any song. I they mean, got to be in sync. Yeah. And David yeah. had a great one. Yeah. He did. Uh, yeah. Uh, Roger uh, Hawkins. Roger Hawkins. Roger guy Hawkins. Was, yeah. With Jerry Wexler was the producer, I guess, and you guys saw that over at the tour. But they yeah. said, Jerry Wexler said, 
that Roger Hawkins may be the best drummer in the world. Yeah, he he even complimented Roger. Yeah, and it was it yeah. was flattering to him. Yeah, so bass players and drummers, man, you know, the the timing and and just the song. Are bass players left left brained like drummers? I, I don't really know. I think it depends because you know when you talk about bass players and, and you go through these lists, there's it's not even really fair to have because uh, you can break them down into these different genres and there's these guys that are like uh, the motocross guys that do the backflips and stuff right. that are exhibitionists really more than a I mean they're incredibly skilled mm -hmm. like Victor Wooten, Victor Wooten, Wooten he can do anything man a guy he's incredible with all this slapping and stuff but it's not that useful and that's right. what James Jamerson and these guys they're, they're baseball Parts are not really what you would consider to be um, flashy or daredevil. Yeah, no, I mean they're just you got you got Gonzo on the drums yeah. and the bass players just trying to keep it cool right. together yeah. and bring it all in. Yeah. yeah, that's why I love it so much. Yeah. Bass is one of my favorite instruments to oh. listen to, so I was excited about this one. All right, my number five is John McVie, Fleetwood Mac, cool. the guy. He can thump it. Oh, no doubt. Yeah. So, and again, sorry. We're sorry to hear about Christine McVie. That was his ex-wife. Oh, but, man. Uh, John, I mean, he was there from the start with Fleetwood yeah. Mac. And the song I chose, of course, is The Chain. Yeah. But it's the live version off of The Dance. Great song. Right. So, yeah, super song. Um, yeah. So there we That's go. That's a cool one. Yeah. Uh, I heard on one of your earlier podcasts, uh, Percy talking about the Peter Green Fleetwood Mac. Oh yeah, because I mean, not a lot of people know that, but that's the, my the favorite version. Version of yeah. Fleetwood Mac. I mean, was the Oh Well that song? Oh Well was that? I know it was. It was prior to Stevie Nicks and yes, yeah. yes. When yeah. they do, uh, they do a cover version of Every Day I Have the Blues. Yeah, and that and my heart beats like a hammer. It's, Good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You can't touch it. I mean, it's yeah. just, it's crazy. Well, Fleetwood Mac came from Mick Fleetwood right. and John McVie. Yeah. He was the Mac of Fleetwood he Mac. And I think and he married, or at one time or another, he was married to all of them, or at least. I, I mean, yeah. <laughs> they, <were> all <laughs> they all interchanged yeah. parts at some point. <laughs> yeah. We'll just leave it at that. Yeah. All right. We're at number four. What's up, good looking? My number four is. Well, as usual, you stole in my thunder, but... I like doing that. Yeah. It's John N. Whistle. Okay, yeah. And... What the, song? The tune I picked was Boris the Spider. Oh, wow. Yeah, I originally had Boris yeah. the Spider. He's all over the neck on oh, that yeah, one. Oh, yeah, it's all... I mean, yeah, that's... It's a good choice. It's a great bass song. No doubt. Yeah, cool. Jim, what you got for four? Uh, number four, I have uh, another guy that, to me, I said was going to be my number one. To start with when I started doing this, Nathan East. Oh, I'm glad he made the list. He yeah. was on and off mine. Uh, he's, he's played with so many gosh. bands. Yeah. I'm really interested to hear your song selection from him. Well, the choice, the song I picked was Change the World. Okay. Uh, which uh, yeah. is, yeah. uh, if you it's listen to the bass part, and especially if you go and watch some live videos of him playing this thing live, uh, and there's, there's one where he's playing a, the, an acoustic bass. And Eric's playing acoustic guitar. My gosh, it's just incredible. I don't know how. He, I saw this guy at uh, when he was playing bass with uh, 
Mark Farner? No. He was playing with uh, Kenny Loggins. Okay. I went to a Kenny Loggins concert, and no one was there. Kenny Loggins walked out, and he goes, um, when you get when you guys leave this place, you're going to go tell all your best friends you just missed the best concert ever. And he was. I saw him the Holiday Inn. Kenny Loggins? No. Oh, Nathan. Nathan. Yeah, yeah. Playing with Mark Farner from Grand Funk Oh, wow. The Holiday Inn in Atala. <laughs> Me and Wayne uh, went with uh, no Slave Fraternity Brothers. Wow. They were playing in the Holiday Inn, and they were doing all Grand Funk songs. Big job. Man. Nathan East. I saw him. Uh, he's been with Toto. Oh, he's been he's with everybody. He walked out and did a, uh, a thing like George Benson where he, where he, oh, he sang along, he sang with, along with it. Yeah. Man, amazing. I can't believe we didn't have George Benson on the list already. Oh, yeah, George Benson. Yeah, he's amazing. amazing. That's yeah. good stuff. All right, my number four, this is very obvious, is John Paul Jones, Led Zeppelin. Yes. That's awesome. That guy could play anything with oh, strings, yeah. yes. uh, but his, his bass was great. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. No doubt. And my song is How Many More Times off the original Led Zeppelin album. Oh, wow. The and first it's like one. An, yeah, it's yeah. like an eight-minute song, and the bass line uh, in it will blow yeah, your yeah. brains out. Well, yeah. If I'm not mistaken, I could be having a moment here. Was, it, was that not a Howlin' Wolf song? Could I'm be sure it was. I mean, Zeppelin's first yeah. album was yeah. nothing but old blues How guys. How Many More they, Times, I believe, they, was a Howlin' yeah. Wolf song. Yeah. Anyway, good stuff. This is going to be a great list. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right, number four. We're down to what I like to call the nitty gritty. It's the top three. What you got? My number three is old school, and it's most people don't know him. They know the songs that he wrote, but it's Willie Dixon. Oh, man. What the? That's an old blues guy right there. No, it was Willie Dixon. He was an old school upright bass player. He wrote Hoochie Coochie Man. He wrote Little Red Rooster. He wrote Spoonful. And he wrote I Just Want to Make Love to You, which became rock and roll standards. I wish you wouldn't look me in the eye when you said that. (laughs) Believe me, I I did. (laughs) And he actually produced early singles. For Otis Rush and Buddy Guy. That's wow. a good one, man. That's really good. That's digging oh, deep. That's awesome. That's deep. But he played that just that old upright bass, and yeah. it's just a sound that you can't get. It's like I'll drive up at work and I'll be listening to old stuff like that. People think I'm listening to rap music, but it's not. It's an old school upright bass that's just. All right, what's the song Dumping. you got for this? I'm curious. And the song that I picked was his version of Hoochie Coochie Man. Wow. Because he's playing bass on it. And that's the song that I picked for that. That's outstanding. That's I just saw a video today of Cream doing Spoonful. Oh, yeah. And Jack Bruce was singing it, actually. Hmm. That's the, probably the mo- the greatest version of Spoonful. I mean, that. Yeah, solid. No doubt. Which was a Helen Wolf. Yeah. Howlin' Wolf made that song popular. Yeah. So, number three kind of like segues from his into number three for me, which is Barry Oakley. Okay. Uh, Barry Oakley, you know, I think, I actually think Barry Oakley sang the lead vocal for Hoochie Coochie Man, if I'm not mistaken, on some of uh, some of the songs when he did it. Uh, I listened to a lot of Barry Oakley stuff before I picked my favorite song because... Live at the Fillmore East, 
was recorded in 1971. And um, the version of Whipping Post on that song? Yeah, yeah it's, it's the best. It's 22 minutes long. Yeah. It's 22 minutes long. If you, I mean, it goes. You think, You're exhausted after listening to it. Oh my gosh. It. You think it, it, they fade off into this mellow little stuff, and then all of a sudden they start. Sometimes mm -hmm. I, I mean, it's crazy. Uh, but. The reason that I picked this song is because nobody really knows it that much. It's called Don't Keep Me Wondering. And, uh, okay. It's just an awesome, it's, it's probably not the best Barry Oakley bass part, but it might be the best Dwayne Allman slide guitar part. I mean, it's an incredible song, and I, I absolutely love it and have for a long time. So, from, from Live at the Fillmore East. For the playlist, say there, there's not a bad song. On no, that album. there's no. not. I mean, even people tell me the least, their least favorite is "Drunken Hearted Boy." Yeah, and it's not even Greg singing on that. Right. I think it's is it Elvin Bishop. Yeah, that, I think yeah. Elvin Maybe I was looking today. I, I saw a list of credits that's that's singing on that, and to me, people say, "Well, that's my least favorite song," and I'm like, "Well." You, it's because Greg's not singing on it. But if you listen to the music oh, and yeah. Dwayne playing on that, yeah. Yeah. it's at the heart of what they were, a straight-up blues band. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. You know, the, the, the warm guys. And CDB liked them. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. big-time friends. This, I listened to that early warm stuff that, that we talked about with Ray Honey and those guys, and I hear so much of that Almond Brothers influence mm -hmm. in there. It's just, I heard that... Uh, the Allman Brothers tried to hire Ray. I, well, I don't, I don't know got, if that's true. We got all. we got the lowdown from uh, Mike Bubba Bruce oh, yeah. on his podcast, and it was a, a sort of a different variation of the story. Oh, yeah. So he asked him to come play, not to join, but right. to come play. And him, uh, Mike, and was it who went with him? They went to Greg's house. They went to oh, Greg's cool. house the, the next and, morning. And when they walked in. Greg was passed out naked on his bed, <laughs> and Mike said, we need to get the hell out of here. They thought he was dead. So that was the end of that story. It was wow. Ray and Mike Bruce that went in there. That's crazy. Yeah, so that's that's what it was. Wow. So we had Bubba straighten all that out for Well, us. if anybody, I mean, if you got time, listen to the Live at the Fillmore East, because that oh, album yeah. was insane. Well, it made our uh, best jam band album. I think podcast. the Allman Brothers were the first jam band. I, I think, I, I would say that's probably... I mean, Right, them and the dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah forever long songs. Yeah. I mean. yeah, yeah, just could go. Well, my number three is Geezer Butler, Black Sabbath. Yeah. Um, he And Jim, we talked about yeah. this. He was definitely overshadowed by Ozzy and Naomi and oh, yeah. uh, didn't get enough credit, right. but man, you listen oh, to gosh. you listen to that Sabbath oh, stuff. Yeah. And this is where Amanda was like the... Yeah, First Baptist Church was going to run outside of town. Because <laughs> Sunday morning I was playing, and my song selection is NIB. Yeah. Because it's got a great bass lines in oh, it. Oh, my gosh. And just instantly it's like, wow, that bass. I'm so glad you shared that with me before we got here because I, I wasn't really that familiar with that song, and then I remembered it when I, I when I looked it up. And it starts out with Geezer Butler doing that. Just, mm -hmm. just kind of noodling around on the bass guitar, a little distortion on his bass. Yeah, yeah, it's just he yeah. is noodling on he the bass is, there. And man, yeah. it just it goes crazy. And he doesn't get enough credit in the no. world, but he is—he's one of my favorite bass players. Right? Yeah, no doubt. We're getting down to number two. 
What you got, Purse? Mama, number two's already been stolen, and that's John Paul Jones. Yeah, I like him. I mean, that's twice I've stolen his shit. Uh, he, <laughs> he likes doing that. But the song that I chose was Good Times, Bad Times. That's a great one. Yeah. Now, I listen no to it over and over again. Because the little bass riff in that, I mean. Mm-hmm. And that, that he's another person that seems to get, by just the average person, gets overshadowed by... Well, he had you got Robert Plant, Jimmy yeah. Page, yeah, and, and Bonzo so, uh, yeah, on the exactly. drums. It's yeah, like, I mean... Yeah. You're the last one on the list, pal. Yeah. But he was... I, he was, like Chuck was alluding to earlier, that's heartbeat of the of the music. Oh, yeah. But I just think by the average, you know, just the casual listener, mm-hmm. he gets overshadowed. Yeah, yeah. And, and he was a great he, musician. He was oh, great. Yeah. Well, and, yeah, go ahead, I'm sorry. And that's my number two. Yeah, that's cool, because... A lot of people don't really realize that uh, when when John Bonham died, they were in the middle of recording uh, the last the, into, into the, the outdoor. outdoor. Yeah, and uh, I read where uh, uh, John Paul Jones went somewhere in like Sweden or somewhere to a studio. He put down he he basically finished the album. The he put down some all kinds of keyboard tracks and string tracks and. Um, he could do it all. Oh, he could play everything. Mm-hmm. He arranged basically. Yeah. A yeah. lot of stuff. Great bass player, yeah. musical genius, yeah, instrumentalist. What is and what should never be is my oh, one of my favorites. I love that song. Uh, yeah. Cool. All right. So for me, and again, this guy is probably number one on a lot of people's list. Getty Lee. Um, oh yeah, Rush. I couldn't make the top five without putting him in there. Uh, I mean, I, I just couldn't. Um, but uh, I, the song I picked is Red Barchetta, and again, it's one of those songs that. I love the song. Uh, I don't think a lot of people really know that song that well. You know, you know YYZ, which is right. Uh, you know, like a bass solo and and so many limelight subdivisions are uh, right. Uh, but well, it made their greatest hits. Yeah, yeah. Red Barchetta is a great song. Yeah, it's a car it. song. I love how the uh, the riff down down down. I love yeah, that man. It's, it's good. So cool. But I'm glad Getty made the list. Yeah. Michael. <laughs> Black Getty, sorry. Yeah. He's got a big nose, but so do I. We have something going on. I hear you. All right. My number two is Flea, Red Hot Chili wow. Peppers. There you go. The guy, and not only could he play bass, you know, he could play trumpet. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was a, a, a jazz yeah. musician, rock musician, um, uh, played naked before. Oh yeah, uh, had nothing on but a tube sock. Sock, yeah, yeah, crazy. He played That's piano. Nice. He, yeah. I mean, he could do everything. And he, he was an arranger. Naked. Yeah. Um, so I just, I love the Chili Peppers. Yeah. Had to get Flea on there because he's a badass. I love that. <laughs> they love those '70s songs. You know, they they covered, did. They and they if you listen to their music, they love roller coaster. They oh, did yeah. higher ground. Stevie Wonder song. And if you listen to their stuff, they got some funk oh, in their yeah, music. No, no, no. They pay homage. They do. Yeah. Well, the song I picked from Stadium Arcadium, and it's Torture Me. Oh, wow. And it starts out with Lee on bass. Mm-hmm. And he, he grabs you from the, from the very start of the song. So I want to make sure he was on the list. All right. It's the moment of truth. We're at number one. Mm-hmm. What you got? My number one will never change for bass players. And it's the first one that I ever saw play a bass like a lead and that's Jack Bruce from Cream yeah and you know he got his start in the Graham Bond organization where he met Ginger which was 
kind of a bad thing. If he would have met Ginger a little later, maybe they could have got along a little longer. <laughs> maybe so. <laughs> and Cream would have maybe had lasted a little longer. I don't know if anybody get it wrong. A lot with Ginger, Ginger <laughs> Baker was a complete ass. Ginger yeah. was great drummer. Yeah, no complete doubt. ass. Yeah. He was the ultimate rock and roll curmudgeon. Yeah, no doubt. Have you seen that uh, meme, Mr. Baker, with that movie with him? Yes. That's so mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. That's yeah. really worth watching. It's yeah. really good. But, good. I mean, he, they were great together. They meshed together. They were all great. Like peas and carrots, but, Forrest. When they played music, it just meshed, and it was first super group. Oh, yeah. And they were the one of the first ones that I remember that, that just took blues and threw it in your face and made you think that it was rock and roll. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it was blues music. Yeah, they they did it with their own angle, and my song is sitting on top of the world. Oh, wow. Which is an old blues standard, and actually some country people have covered this song. But it's one of my favorite vocal performances from Jack. And I challenge you to go and watch the reunion concert that they did. Yeah, a lot of the Royal Albert Hall or whatever. Yeah, absolutely. In my opinion, it's the best version because Jack plays harmonica on that. Okay. Which he doesn't on the original. And it it's a great version of that with him playing bass and harmonica. And to Good me, stuff. Jack will just never be topped. He's yeah. incredible. He's, no he's, doubt about it. He's a good one. No yeah. doubt. All right, Jimmy. Uh, so for me, I'm kind of... Uh, I'm curious it. about what a bass player's number one, because it's hard to make... Yeah. This list. Yep. For me. But then to narrow it down to what you're going to say is number one, well, it comes just, down to what mood you were in when you were well, finishing yeah. this list. Yep, it is. And uh, I decided, you know, like Percy said, for me, it's about who, who was my favorite. You know, right. What songs did I listen to and and probably like to play along with? And um, it's uh, Tehran Porter. Oh, man. And uh, he played with the Doobie Brothers. Absolutely. From, from like, day one. He was a bad man. Oh, man. And he, you know... I'm glad he made the list. Oh, guy, for me, he had to. He's just... just he played uh, early Doobie Brothers stuff, you know, like China Grove and Long Train Run, yep. all that rock and roll stuff. Jesus is just all right. But he stayed with them and progressed all the way through until Michael McDonald joined the band and changed the Doobie Brothers into a different band. Right. And they, they started playing all this funky jazz stuff. And... Um, he he was right there the whole time and uh, some of my favorite bass lines and when I was younger learning to play just playing along with that guy God, it's so much fun I love it yeah he he was uh, he was a spectacle too oh no doubt and I mean and you know he did not join them for their reunion I saw them back in May on the oh, really? 50th anniversary in Vegas and, and he uh, wasn't there he wasn't there well since he left but they, they brought some... Michael McDonald back yeah. and it was just like you know I don't think there's any Tension there, just yeah. uh, a clash of styles, yeah. Yeah. you know. And you gotta love both of them, but man, that guy—he was oh, a player. No doubt, he was a player. The song that I, I chose was also, and I chose this song on purpose because it's really uh, obscure. Kind of, I don't think anybody knows it. It's from uh, um, what album is it from? Taking it to the streets. Yeah, that's one of my favorite albums. Yeah. and uh, the song is called Eighth Avenue Shuffle. Oh man, that's great too. You, you know that song? Yes. I mean, not not really. I've anymore. got the album. Oh man, if you listen to that bass part, it's just so cool. I mean, it, it's really, really this guy. 
to me. It's just so much, he's so much fun. Their music, I, I think the Doobies probably are one definitely one of my favorite bands. Love the Doobies. Yeah. Love so, the Doobies. And I like the Tom Johnson Doobies oh, yeah. and the Michael McDonald yeah, Doobies. Like, I mean, they, they transitioned they back did. and forth. Yeah. Two different bands. Well, I'm glad he made it. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. Well, Percy could best bet my number one a hundred times, and it's Dusty Hill. Oh, wow. R.I.P. ZZ Top. Yeah, no doubt. I no. love Dusty. Yeah. Oh, uh, I got the beard to sport it. Yep. Getting a trim job tomorrow. <laughs> but Dusty Hill was great. And, you know, he could sing, too, yep. early on. And, you know, Jim, I wanted to put on <sighs> Nasty Dogs and Funky Oh, Kings. that's my favorite. <laughs> I know, but... <laughs> The, the bass song gets overlooked in that song oh, a little bit, so I'm going with Just Got Paid, because oh, cool. he gets yep. he gets a little finger yeah, action yeah. in I there on that song. And, yeah, Chuck and I went and saw him in the spring of 83, wow. BJCC, driving down I-59, I was in the back of your pickup truck, Quig was in front, had a sliding glass window, passing beers back and forth. Finishing them and throwing them at interstate uh, road signs, and Sammy right. Hagar opened for them, yeah. and that was a ZZ the Top fan ever since. So one of the best concerts. I've and ever I seen. challenge you to uh, that song to listen to a newer artist. Whitey Morgan does a great cover of that. Song. Uh, just got paid. Just got paid. Yeah, great song. Yeah, well, super cool. Look, if you, if you have a chance, and on uh, their first ZZ Top's first album, mm-hmm. if you look at the the credits. Uh, Dusty's name on there. No, I'm sorry. I'll take that back. The drummer, what's his name? Frank, Frank Beard. Beard. His name is Rube on the on the first album. No kidding. Yeah, it's funny. But it's funny because, you know, Dusty and Frank grew the beards. Yep. And Frank Beard, I mean, Dusty and uh, Billy grew <laughs> the beards. And yeah. Frank Beard, the drummer, did not, was, did not have a beard. <laughs> his last name was Beard. I love, uh, and I'll, I'll say this, I'll shut up, but uh, Fandango. Oh man! That's I went down to Alleyway Records and bought an eight-track tape player from Ian uh, Rains, who we didn't mention. Is an incredible bass player, knows more about music than anybody. Put it in my car. Got some speakers called Mind Blowers, and uh, they were and uh, put in uh, Fandango. Great. And Fandango is half live, yeah, and half, half studio. And uh, Nasty Dogs is on. Nasty Dogs is on. And Thunderbird. Thunderbird. I just bought that album again at the, the that Orion event where and they had the. the I feel that uh, Rio Grande Mud does not get enough credit. It yeah. doesn't. It's, it's great. great. It, it, All those ZZ Top albums are. Fantastic. And you know, there's another guy. He's another. He's another guy that's not really. He doesn't do acrobatics on the bass guitar. No, he just sits back there yeah. and, and makes it happen. Yeah. Him and Frank are laying it down. Yeah. And, then they, and he was a good vocalist, too. Him and Billy, early on, shared a lot of the vocals. Um, but they let Billy go, and they laid down the bottom for him. And three guys making yeah. that kind of three music. Dudes. And that bass was a big part. Oh, yeah. It's just like Rush. When you have three... That bass is even more important. Cream, you know, all these cats. Oh, yeah. um, that was that was good. So this has been a great great podcast. It's going to be a fantastic playlist. Does anybody want to give any shout outs to anybody before we wrap it up? Just thank you guys for having me on here, man. This is awesome. Well, we want you back. We want you and Gino to come back, and yeah. we're going to talk about rhythm sections. Yeah. 
Awesome. Yeah. So we'll definitely do that. Chuck, what yeah, you well, got? I want to give a shout out to Kirk because he's yeah, the one with Les Claypool. Yes. I think it was Tales from the Punch Bowl. Why not his Big Brown Beaver? <laughs> of course it was. <laughs> well, shout out to Kirk, Wayne, all our, all our uh, uh, Brian couldn't make it tonight. Um, you know, thanks for everybody that helps us out with this deal. Jim, thanks for coming. Awesome. Thanks this for is great. Me. Chuck. Hey, Thanks for listening. stopping by. Y'all yeah. are all welcome. Jim, you'll have to sign the banner before you okay. go. And uh, all I got to say is bye-bye.